What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibson. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcast and resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communication profession. So we're kicking off year three. I want to thank you all for uh, congratulating our Hall of Famers that we just inducted last week. And thank you to all of our newsletter subscribers, new ones and our past ones who have joined us um, maybe since a year ago, and those of you who joined us earlier this week, uh, want to say welcome. We hope that you, uh, enjoy the show and its third year of existence. Um, just wrapped up our two-year birthday and, uh, marching towards episode number 100 in a couple weeks. And I think you're really going to like it because I recorded that the other day and I think it was fantastic. Perhaps I might say, sir. Even better than the first time around. And um, you guys can all debate on who exactly that might be for episode 100. Well, obviously the uh, social media banner will give it away here in a few weeks. But um, as of right now, enjoy it. Enjoy the little hint and don't spoil it. So um, anyway, guys, to start off year three, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Go over to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get this podcast. Jay Sansel says that the Spotify version of this show is fantastic. If you, if you, don't, if you don't think so, go ask him yourself. Um, and then I need you to leave us a rating and a review. It just takes a couple seconds. Uh, it helps raise the show's awareness. It helps with the algorithm uh, as far as what iTunes has. Getting the show recognized. Building a rapport. Uh, maybe some new SIDs who have never heard of the show before. Uh, they might see it suggested for them and then might hop on the train. And then maybe there might be some uh, young student out there, not sure what he wants to do, enjoys sports, just like a lot of us, and then finds the show and decides that at a young age wants to be an SID, just like, well, not a whole lot of us. But there are some of us out there that that had that sort of uh, aspirations early in life, others of which have fallen into this completely by accident. Um, And over the last 97 episodes or so, the latter of which seems to be true for a lot of people. I hope you're staying warm wherever you are. Right now, I have my Dairy Queen. I have the TV going. I've been watching some uh, Shark Tank on Hulu because, I don't know, because I want to. I got my heated blanket and my favorite shirt on, and life is pretty great right now. I can't get much better than this. So, um, another thing, follow us on social media at SportsInfoCast on both Twitter and Facebook. Our uh, email, if you want to get in touch with us anytime, sportsinfocast at gmail.com. Newsletter, sidcast.fireside.fm slash newsletter. You'll go in, it's like a Google form, and you'll um, fill out your information and stuff on there. So, yeah, the other day was actually, uh, for Division Two was our um, first practice date for basketball, so that's rapidly approaching, which doesn't seem possible, and if it could stay off for another couple of weeks, that'd be great, but nonetheless, basketball season's almost here, guys. Uh, some of you might be rejoicing, others of you might be dreading a little bit. Let us know where you fall over on Twitter and Facebook, at Sports Infocast on both of those platforms. So today we have Kristen Carney from the Westminster College Blue Jays, and that's in 
I believe the middle of Missouri, if I get my laptop open and, and going in time. But uh, we found Kristen when she was participating in a chat on Twitter, I believe. She was pretty, uh, pretty active. And that's how I usually find my guests. If you're always wondering, like, well, how in the world does David pick uh, his guests? And the way I usually do it is if you're active. Um, if you're actively trying to improve yourself, uh, actively trying to improve the industry and the lives of others, um, that is usually how I pick. Now, if, if you, if you go on there and you're thinking to yourself, maybe if I just spam content, David will see it. No, that's not true. It needs to be of quality and of, um, doing it for other people with yourself, keeping yourself in mind, but, mostly for other people, if that makes sense, um, while benefiting yourself all at the same time. Uh, also, no, well, don't take that out of, out of con- like, don't keep feeding other people what you have to offer. Sometimes you got to feed yourself a little bit. Um, if you do, you'll dig yourself in a rut, and that might be why you're not, you know, you might be a little depressed and stuff. I don't mean to turn this into a, into a, lecture or therapy session or everything, but, um, don't serve other people too much. Serve yourself a little bit more. Um, do the things that make you happy, but at the same time, make others happy too. So, um, that's a little tangent that we'll not get too much into. I might do one of those episodes eventually, but I don't think so. Anyway, uh, Kirsten, she was at, actually, I know where she was there for a little while. It was Illinois Springfield and she's a graduate of Westminster um, went down to Southern Illinois for some grad school stuff and found herself back at Westminster. We'll talk about the whole cycle and the whole journey that she took, uh, the ability to come back and work for her alma mater. And then we'll talk about women in sport and the industry there, uh, and what her role in her athletic department is and things like that, as far as, um, title nine and the, uh, women in sport, basically her role there. Anyway, Let's get this show on the road, kicking off year three of SID Cast with Kirsten Carney of the Westminster College Blue Jays, episode 97, and we'll start off with our very first taste of sports information right here on SID Cast. So I'm actually a Westminster alum, and I did a little bit in sports information. It's probably my senior year of college um, with Alicia Hodge, who was the SID before me. And um, I just kind of helped her write some game recaps. I didn't get too into the sports information thing. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, as an, so as an undergrad, I, I dabbled a little bit. I know that there's so many people who um, are almost like full-blown assistant SIDs as undergrads, and that was definitely not me. (laughs) (laughs) What did you want to be before you learned about sports information? Uh, I thought I wanted to go into publishing. So I was an English major, and I interned with a lot of publishing companies. I worked with McGraw-Hill textbooks for a few summers, and it was not fun. Yeah, is it about as uh, exciting as the textbooks themselves? Yes. No, I mean, no offense to them, but it was, uh, it was a 
it was a cubicle job for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. So what were some things that um, she allowed you to do in, in that first year? I mean, how did you get involved? How did you even hear about it in the first place? She actually, I think, if I, my memory serves me right, it wasn't that long ago, but long enough, um, she approached me um, because she knew I had a background in writing. I was an English major, and I was on the basketball team, so she knew me a little bit and asked if I was willing to help her write some game recaps. So basically what I did for her, and it, and it honestly wasn't a lot, and I'm looking back, I'm sure she appreciated it, but it wasn't a lot. Um <laughs> We had men's and women's basketball doubleheaders, so when our game ended, I just went in her office and wrote our game recap and left it on her computer for her. Mm -hmm. And then while she was working the men's game um, and closing it out, I would write the men's game recap. And so she would just kind of copy and paste and post the recaps. Yeah, well, that's kind of a different perspective. I don't think we've ever had anybody like that that actually played in the game, wrote your own recap about the game. Um, So how did that assist you in writing those recaps in the very beginning? Well, I didn't have much of a taste of sports journalism. Um, I I wrote some stuff here and there for the student newspaper, but I, again, I wasn't like a full-fledged member. I just helped out when needed. Um, So it kind of helped me get in a rhythm of what's important, what I should look for, um, certain game trends to kind of go back and study when looking at a play-by-play. So it got me a little taste of just um, what's important in a recap and what's not important, really. Yeah, absolutely. So what were some other things that maybe you did, maybe some things that you weren't expecting to do? I mean, she didn't throw you in stats right off the bat at all, did she? No, I don't think I did any stats, to be honest, um, when I was with her. she's so. I think I did a little bit of social media help, too, because now that I'm in the same role as her, um, social media is a huge part of what I do, what we do, because we don't really have a athletics marketing department. Yeah. Um, so I think she had me help write out and schedule tweets and Facebook posts and whatnot. Okay, cool. So uh, right after that, you, you started looking for jobs, uh, started looking around. Before we get into anything with with SIUE, um, were you even looking to get into a sports info job, or what was what was that life like for you at the time? Yeah, I really wasn't. I just really fell fell into it. So I um, I tore my ACL uh, my senior year. So um, I was just really wanting to still do something in sports because um, once I uh, it was about halfway through the season. So once I wasn't playing basketball, I was just kind of with the team. I was like, well, this is something. I don't think I'm ready to leave this behind just yet. Um, So I actually started out looking for coaching jobs, and I wanted to be a grad assistant. That's almost all I applied for was GA coaching jobs. Um, I ended up getting a volunteer position with the University of Illinois at Springfield, Hmm. Um, and I was a volunteer assistant, and then I also worked with the tennis team uh, just by – I've never played tennis, but they just kind of needed somebody to manage their budget and Uh help us do their spring break trip and whatnot. So I just said, sure, let's do it. so I did that for a full year and did nothing in sports information for that full year. Yeah. Yeah, did you, I mean, as a, as a U.S. guy, USI guy where I work now, um, UIS, not, not, not my friend, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, were you kind of missing it at all? I mean, what, what was it like for you to kind of, in your head, decide, I need to come back to this? Yeah, it was really just the opportunity. Um, I'm not sure... If, if something would have worked out for me at, at UIS, I'm not sure that I would have left. Um, but I just, the SIUE gave me 
reached out to me and gave me that opportunity. So I was just kind of weighing the two and just decided, let's give this a try. Yeah. Back at uh, UIS, you said you're a volunteer. Is that right? Yep. So how did you make all that work, being a volunteer position? Well, they did end up being able to offer me a stipend okay. through the through the tennis part of it. Um, so I don't know how that worked out, but um, it did somehow. So I lived in an apartment on campus, and I started to take a couple classes for my master's. Um, so I wasn't technically a GA, but mm-hmm. the master's was free. So I took a few classes, um, but just ended up kind of deciding that the more structured actual grad assistant position was something w- would benefit me more. So then I took off after a year. Yeah, awesome. So SIUE uh, reached out to you. Um, yeah, again, jumping right back into sports information, grad classes, um, writing recaps, anything that when you first got there, were you thinking maybe, oh, I didn't know that this was a part of the job or maybe X, Y, or Z uh, kind of gave you some difficulty. Were there anything like that? Oh, yeah, no doubt. So having no prior experience with Stat Crew or with Wii's Presto, um, with website maintenance, um, all of that threw me for a loop initially, uh, big time. Um, one of the first things I did was they sat me down and they said, here's a box score, write a recap from it. It was a women's soccer game. And I was like, okay, this is great. I'm going to kill it. And I felt good with that. And then they were like, okay, here's how you post it on the website. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, I don't know what this means. I don't know any of this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so thankfully they still accepted me anyway <laughs> and taught, taught me the ins and outs of that side of the job. But yeah. that was a whole new experience for me. Stat crew, um, a whole new thing for me. Do you have any, I know we'll, we'll talk about horror stories here, here in a little bit, but, uh, was there any, uh, horror story that you have that you can remember right off the bat? Oh yeah. Um, my coworkers at SIU, we still talk about this. Um, it was one of my first games and I was the primary contact for women's soccer. Uh, one of the first games, um, and I couldn't get the live stats to work. So we used stat Jack, um, for presto. And I still don't know what happened, to be honest with you. I still couldn't tell you, like, what the thing was. But the live stats weren't working, and I couldn't get them to work. Um, so I spent the whole game writing all the stats down. And then at halftime, um, I can't I, – I mean, I – like I said, don't remember, like, what the issue was. But I restarted my computer, just tried it all again at halftime, and that ended up going back and forth between entering the old stats and trying to get in new ones um, – throughout that second half. So it, it ended up on time, and I was just about caught up. Um, yeah. But that first half was, was rough. <laughs> was... Uh, in a couple of words, describe your first year at SIUE. Ooh, um, it, was, it was eye-opening, no doubt. That's probably a big one for me. And then, um, it, you know, obviously altered my career path. Um, I didn't know that's what I wanted to do, and... Now here I am doing it yeah. uh, full time. Um, so eye-opening because um, you just don't think about <clears throat> what all goes on at that level. Um, I actually had my dad uh, played soccer at Evansville, and so he was really into soccer, and SIUE has a really strong uh, uh, soccer culture, and they were um, in the same conference, so my dad kind of came up and sat with me at the press box when we were doing a game. And afterwards, he was just like, I, you know, I played 
soccer at, in this conference for four years, and I had no idea. Like, I never would have guessed that this is what went on up in the press box. Uh, yeah. Um, so just that kind of thing that people don't think about, just like how you how the music plays, who plays the music, who decides when to play the music when, um, the script, who writes the script, when the PA says this. It's just there's so many things that go into it that no one thinks about. We have a lot of guests on this show that were former athletes like yourself, um, even people that – even SIDs that said when they were an undergrad, same thing your dad said was, I didn't know that this was a job. Had no idea. Um, I hate to hit you with a hard question right off the bat, but what's one way that you think we can be a little bit more uh, expose, expose the industry in that way so that student-athletes know that, hey, there's a handful of hardworking people that are making this all work? Sure. I mean, there are some grassroots things that you can do at your own school. Um I rely a lot on student worker help, so I my students, the eight to ten of them that I have, had no idea what they're getting into. Um, but they come work for me, and they like. There's probably three or four of them that I let do games, soccer games, basketball games, um, and stat crew, and they um, are super great at it, and they love it, and they feel, um, you know, like empowered that this is something that they did, and they're important, and. And whatnot. So I think the more students that we can get involved, the better. Um, and I go speak at our, we have a sports entertainment and management degree. Um, and I always go visit their class, mostly looking for interns. Um, <laughs> but also uh, just kind of letting them know, hey, this is out there. This is a job. This is something that your degree can get you started in. Um, and, you know, and along with doing that at our own schools with our own students, I mean, this podcast, here, there's an example. Um, just... There's so many just small things that we can do just on our on our campuses or within our own community just to let people know that, hey, we work really hard. You know, this is what we do at games. We don't just kind of sit up in the press box and watch the game like you guys do. So Right, exactly. Well, let's get back to some stuff that you did at SIUE. So after that first year, going into your second year, what were some things that you wanted to change or maybe do better uh, for the second year? Yeah, that's a good question. So after the first year, it was kind of just um, learning, and I, you know, was just trying to keep my head above water, really, <laughs> um, just because I had to figure out so many things, like how to, how stat crew works, how this works, how that works. Um, so in my second year, um, I kind of tried to make it my own a little more. Um, my recaps weren't so much um, like just following a formula, um, but more like me wanting to tell a story. That was one thing that I can specifically remember. Um, that and I also wanted to be a little more independent, which I, you, can, you know, you can ask my coworkers who are still there, but um, I wanted to re rely less on my bosses for help and just kind of mm -hmm. operate as, you know, a full-time staff member would. Like, these are my jobs and this is what I'm going to do and I don't expect anyone to help me do those jobs. Yeah, that's um, a, with, yeah. Which I think they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way my bosses are kind of. Because last year was my first year of working really with them. Um, they had to hold my hand through a lot of stuff. And like and like you said, now that I'm in year two, they're like, David, did you do this, this, and this? I'm like, yes. <laughs> like that, that that was my first. Yeah. That was my learning year. And and sometimes they're really surprised when I when I do things that they don't have to help me with. And I'm like, yeah, but. You just got to give me a shot, you know, that, that's all I asked for. But uh, how about some of the balancing the academic work? You graduated summa cum laude from Westminster, uh, all academic, uh, SLEAC conference. So what was it like for you 
personally to balance all that grad assistant work while being a graduate student? Um, the biggest thing is that the athletic department at SIUE, um, they do rely a lot on, on grad assistants. And I mean, I had some top-notch grad assistants that are doing big things right now, whether it's in sports or not. Um, but they were so understanding of like, hey, I can't be here over this time period because I have class or I have to do this, I have to do that. Um, mm -hmm. So that was the biggest thing was the support from the department itself because they do genuinely want you to get your degree. Um, that's, a, that's a pride point for them is we're making you an alumni of, of SIUE and you're getting your degree from here, so we want you to succeed in that as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I've just always been somebody who likes school. I know that's weird, but I, I did genuinely like my classes, and um, I've never really had an issue with getting schoolwork done just because I liked it. So uh -huh. <laughs> I was genuinely interested in my area of study, and um, it, it balanced well with what I was doing um, in the athletic department, and it kind of just all worked out. We took a lot of night classes, so I didn't end up having to miss a lot of work. It was just, you know, more time at night doing stuff, but... That's all right. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, the long nights. That's that's all it is basically. It feels like sometimes. Yep. Um, let's and now fast forwarding a little bit to Westminster. Let, let's go through how you got the job. How'd you hear about the opening? Um, job interview process. Can you spare no detail with that? Yeah, sure. So um, I was not looking to leave SIUE actually. Um, so I I got my degree and then they offered me a position um, working in sports information and um, helping with our Adidas account. Um, so I was kind of uh, logging and ordering all of our Adidas equipment for all of our teams. And I did that for three or four months after I graduated. So, okay. um, but one of my bosses at SAUE told me this, um, when I told him that I was interviewing for the Westminster job, he just said, listen, when your alma mater comes calling, you've got to listen. So I was like, okay. Um, I heard about the job. Um, my former coach here, women's basketball coach, Tracy Braden, gave me a call. She said, hey, Alicia, who I worked for, Alicia's leaving. Um, is this something that you're interested in? And I was like, well, I might as well go interview. Like, I'm not really sure if I'm interested yet. So I'll go interview and meet who I need to meet. And um, so I went up there. Um, they, uh, they offered me a job on the spot. Um, it was in the fall, so I think they were kind of, like, in a bind, and everybody there knew me. You know, there wasn't a lot of surprises. Um, I was interviewing with my former coach and the athletic director who was there when I was there and then the football coach who was there when I was there, so there were no surprises. Um, so, yeah, they offered me the job. Um, I took a few days to respond because, I, I mean, I genuinely – loved SIUE. I love the people I worked with. Um, I had an amazing experience there, but at the end of the day, I just really felt, um, like I needed to come back to Westminster. You know, I just, um, I knew it was, they were in a tough spot. They needed somebody and, um, you know, I just felt really comfortable coming back and moving back to Fulton. So here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a little bit different having to interview with, uh, your former coach and, and everything. What was that dynamic like in that interview room? It was one of the most casual interviews I've ever done. Um, so the only person who I didn't know in the room was my uh, my current boss now, who I report to, who is the chief communications officer, um, Lana Poole. 
and so she's my direct report at the moment. She's the only person in the interview I didn't know. So I kind of felt like I was directing everything to her, um, all of the answers to questions. Um, it was just really easy being honest. Um, usually it's really difficult to discuss like a weakness or hesitations or whatnot in an interview because you obviously want these people to like you and think you're fit for the job and whatnot. So it was, it was a little easier for me to just be like, here's, here's why I'm hesitant. Here's why I would love this job. Um, I had never done football before. Mm. Um, so I had to admit that right off the bat, you know, uh, my first weekend here, we had a football game. So they were, well, in six days, you're going to have to do a football game. How do you feel about that? And I was like, honestly, I've never done one. Uh, but I'm confident that I could figure it out and get the job done. (laughs) So, uh, despite that, they still gave me the job. And the football game went fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. When you first got there, it, it kind of along the same lines as the SIUE question, um, you went from being a grad assistant to being the head person. Uh, what was that like as far as a learning curve? Like you said, you'd never done football before, so what were some other things that maybe you you had to learn right on the fly that you maybe never had done before? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of our home events, I'm the, the primary decision maker, um, so I, I say where my students go, I decide, you know, how I'm going to stat the game. If I'm going to use Presto or stat crew, I, you know, I make a lot more decisions, um, because I'm in charge and not only am I the one in charge, but, um, my athletic director, um, does not know a whole lot about my job. You know, he does not, he knows like that I do stats and I take care of the live stream and whatnot, but he's not going to tell me what to do or what he thinks should happen. Um, so a lot of it was just getting used to me deciding what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it and feeling comfortable with those decisions. Um, so the first few months, to be honest, were a lot of getting used to that and a lot of training students and getting used to having so many people underneath me, um, that, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So what's it like? I know we have a lot of people on this show. A lot of people that listen to the show even are, are one person shops, one SID shops. So what is it like um, from from that perspective, balancing everything out throughout the year? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. It is It is difficult. Um, you kind of just feel like you're nonstop going all the time, which everyone does, whether you're one man shop or not mm-hmm. during the sport season. Um, but there's just so many uh, small tasks on your plate. Um, whereas at SIUE, it was just kind of like, here are the tasks for this game, this one women's soccer game this weekend, and here's what I need to do and where I need to be. And a lot of times it was kind of showing up with my laptop to get the starting lineups an hour before the game, and then after the game, wrapping it up, sending it to the NCAA and the opposing SID, and closing my computer and going home. And now, um, you know, I'm putting away camera equipment, um, I'm locking the doors, I'm turning the lights out. Um, I, you know, I'm doing all that kind of stuff. So there's just a lot, a lot more tasks and a lot more like tedious smaller tasks. So it's really difficult sometimes, or can be, to uh, like choose what's most important because you're just kind of feeling like, well, I need to just get this game played and I need to make sure that the live stream works. And I need to mm. being pulled in so many different directions. So it's hard to like really focus on getting this one thing perfected. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So what do, what do you think are some of the benefits of, of maybe doing that? I know that, uh, I guess we're, I've been in a small department before where there's one person and I've had to help out. Uh, and I know that it's a lot, and yeah, it sucks, but what are some of the benefits uh, of, of that, of, of being kind of 
you're not just tailor-made or you don't have a skill set in one or two areas. You have a skill set in a lot of areas. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So, I mean, while sometimes it's not the most ideal situation, um, I just feel like this job has, you know, empowered me to feel like I, I can handle a full event and I can do it by myself. I can, mm-hmm. you know, there have been a lot of games where I'm the only adult who's working the game, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so kids are coming up to me and asking me, hey, where's the script? Hey, where should I be, you know, to, sh- to shag balls today? Hey, where are the game balls? Hey, where's this? And so I really just feel like after events, um, like really fulfilled that like this was something that I put together and um, it kind of allows you to really take ownership of the whole event um, and, and really what you're doing for that event. If that makes sense. Um, So that's, that's definitely one, uh, one thing or one positive, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just really allowed me to kind of come into my own and I've done a lot of different things. You know, I never thought that I'd be doing social media, but here I am doing social media. Um, I didn't know anything about graphic design really before I started here Uh and I'm having to figure stuff out and watch YouTube tutorials and, so I'm I'm broadening my skill set more than I ever thought that I would. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you're no stranger to having multiple different roles. You actually have multiple roles in your own department. And bef- you have one in particular that I want to talk about before we move on. You're an SWA. Sure. Uh, now, ex- I had to ask before. Now, explain to some people that might not know, what is that role? What does it entail? Um, How did you get that position? Sure. So, um, like a lot of my roles, this is one that I did – also just kind of fall into. Um, so every uh, NCAA school has to have one. Uh, and a lot of times it's their, um, their senior most uh, female coach or administrator in the athletic department. Um, at the time, let's see, when I got here, it was um, Tracy Braden, who was the uh, women's basketball coach, my women's basketball coach. And she ended up taking the AD role. Mm. Um which you cannot be the AD and the SWA at the same time. So she okay. had to relinquish that to um, our our uh, assistant athletic trainer. And when our assistant athletic trainer took a new job, um, she approached me and asked me if I would like to do it. And I said, absolutely. Um, so one thing that I do um, is I, I help a lot in compliance, making sure we're within our uh, Title IX limitations or making sure that we're following all title nine rules. Um, I deal with a lot of our women's sports. I talk a lot with our women's coaches, um, just to make sure that they're, they feel that they're getting what they should, that they're getting, um, represented as equally as the men's team. And that's something that I can control because if they feel that, um, Hey, all last week you posted graphics about the right. men's soccer team and you know, like, can I get, can I get some recognition there too? So I do have a little control over, over, um, the social media and the recognition and that kind of aspect of it. Um, I also um, help, I I do a lot of paperwork to make sure that all the student athletes sign all of their paperwork Uh um, before they start in the fall, uh, that kind of thing. So it is a role that I wish I could expand and do a little more with. Um, So I've been speaking with a few different administrators, SWAs, just to see what they do, you know, do they, do you meet with your female coaches monthly? What about your female student athletes? You know, what, what else can I do for them? Um, so that's something I've been trying to set aside some time for just to make sure that they feel that they're getting 
all that they all that they need to get from me. Yeah, and and you're kind of in a I would say the best position for them too. You know, because like you said, you have a lot of control and uh, having coverage and having things like that. Whereas if you have a coach do it, a coach can just kind of suggest to somebody. But but you are in a, a controlling position with that sort of thing. So um, working in sport as a female, has there been any instance that maybe you've come across to where it was a little bit challenging for you um, or anything along those lines as you've come up in your career? Sure. Um when I, when I was a little younger, not that I'm old right now, but um, when I was in my early 20s, I, I honestly didn't notice it, anything a whole lot about, um, I didn't feel different at all. I didn't feel, I don't know, maybe that's part of that is just SIUE, is I worked with a lot of females at SIUE uh-huh. who were in, um, you know, high positions. So maybe I just took for granted that I never noticed that I that I was a female working in athletics and sometimes that can be an anomaly. Um, cause I really did have so many great female role models at SAUE. Um, when I got here, um, and as I get a little older, it's just something that is kind of in the back of my mind, you know, like how long is this sustainable? Um, so I'm also in a kind of a, a, a unique situation. Um, so my fiance is our offensive coordinator here at Westminster. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, we all, you know, both work a lot of hours, right, especially yeah, in the fall. Yeah. You know, like I, I probably haven't even seen him in like three days. <laughs> um, so it's, it's just a unique situation. Um, you know, what happens when we get married, when we decide to have a family, um, you know, someone's going to have to have a, a limited role, especially in the fall. You know, we can't both work 14 hour days, you know, with families. Um, so that, that kind of thing has just always been on the back of my mind. And I, you know, I have a really great mentor. Mentor. So Lori Balling is my uh, co-side of mentor. And oh, she, she, yeah, she's been super great and just kind of talking me through her process and how she manages having a family and uh, being a, a, a female and what her role is when her kids were growing up. So, um, you know, the best I can say is just um, having so many great females you know, around me who have worked in sports and have been really successful about it has been, um, I've been super grateful to have that because not everyone does. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And we've had people on the show before that, that have talked about some of the things that they went through, maybe some things that they overheard and things like that. But but it's great to hear that you've had a, a positive experience overall so far. Um, let's talk a little bit more about your other role with the university. Uh, not sure. only do you do Westminster Blue Jay social media, you do social media as far as the entire university. Um, you're also a part of the university communications. So what is that like? Um, how does that dual role benefit your coverage of the athletics in any way? Sure. Honestly, it's, it's really brought athletics to the table a little more than they would have been. Um, my direct report, uh, Lana Poole, who is the chief communications officer here, um, you know, I, I can bring up athletics at meetings, you know, important meetings with vice presidents and say, hey, did you guys know that our men's soccer team just won the conference tournament for the fifth year in a row? Um, like, maybe we should push us out. Let's talk about this. And um, so it, it really helps athletics get a little more recognition because mm-hmm. um, I can tell them what's happening in the, the uh-huh. world of athletics that's outside of football because everyone knows what's happening with football. 
Um, so in that perspective, it's been really great. And there's been a few times where, um, I'll have to talk about compliance a little bit with them. You know, we can't put a billboard up on I-70 that has a football player on it. Yeah. Yeah. So just things like that, that they didn't know about, um, that fortunately I was there to (laughs) to be able to cut the cord on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so let's transition to this part of the interview where I like to ask some fun questions. And the first one I have for you, Kirsten, is uh, favorite memory of your professional tenure? Oh, man. That is a fun one, but that's hard at the same time. <laughs> um, okay, my favorite memory would have to be um, at SIUE, we hosted the OBC softball tournament. And it was the longest this is going to sound like an oxymoron, but it was the longest day as well of my professional career. Okay. Um, because we got there at eight and there were rain delays all day and we didn't finish till two or 3 AM. And I just remember feeling the best I've ever felt about my job and what I have chosen to do and whatnot, walking away with some of the other two, uh, sports information people in the office and just feeling like, man, I just worked a full day of this softball tournament and I just felt so fulfilled um, after that and just feeling good about, you know, my decision to be there and stay there and do what I'm doing. So it was a, it was a long, hard day, but I just remember feeling so good after um, after we turned the lights out. Yeah, and that's a little bit different answer than what you usually get. Some people say, you know, going to a national championship, winning national, you know, things like that. But the euphoric feeling, the, the purposeful feeling, that, that's, that's great to hear. Yeah. Um, on the, what about on the other side of the coin? What's your biggest horror story other than the stat stuff? Yeah, there's always some stat stuff, some live stream stuff in there. Um, that, <laughs> there's always something that doesn't work. <laughs> um, horror story. Um you know, this is only my fifth year in sports info, so I can't tell you that I have any huge ones. Okay. Um, no, it's fine. Yeah, let's come back to that. If I think of something, I'll tell you. All right, let me know. Um, uh, what's one piece of advice you give to a student going into this uh, industry? Oh, that is a good one. Um, I would just say uh, to be be open to doing just about anything. Um, the thing that so many people that are taken aback by is, uh, you know, all the nights and weekends and stuff involved in this. Um, and if you're somebody who really likes your Saturday free time, then this is not the job for you. Um, so I would just say, you know, be open to working long hours. Obviously we talk about, you know, work-life balance a lot in, in this job, but I just don't think, I think as a student who wants to do this, you're going to have to put in some, some hours, you know, you're going to have to say no, um, to a lot of social events. Um, on the flip side of that, this is what I tell a lot of them too, is that I feel like so many people get stuck in like having to be there. And like, maybe we feel like we're more important than we are at the end of the day. (laughs) Um, I, you know, I will never skip, like a close friend's wedding or something because I have an event to work. Um, I just feel like at the end of the day, if I'm, if I'm going to regret something, it's going to be, you know, not going to this huge life event for a friend or a family member. Um, or, you know, even a funeral, you know, I'm not going to skip something that's going to be really important to me and my family, um, because of work. 
So I know that I just said two opposite things there, um, but it's really important to prioritize exactly. as well. Yeah. Along, yeah, along with, you know, being willing to work a lot. <laughs> yeah, I knew what you were getting at there. But um, yeah. in your <laughs> mind, what makes a good SID? Maybe there are some things, maybe some characteristics that they do that, that make you think that in your mind. Um, well, I know nobody's actually a, a good multitasker or as good as they think they are, uh-huh. but you have to be kind of cool under pressure. Um, there, and that's a big thing that I've learned too in, in this job is that if some, some things are going to go wrong. A lot of things are going to go wrong. You know, everything might go wrong at once, but at the end of the day, if your team got their game played, nobody got hurt, then everything else is fixable. You know, uh, it may just be an inconvenience, it's to, to one of your fans if the live stream didn't work at the right time. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, if the game gets played, if nobody, nobody got hurt, then we can figure the rest out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? I definitely would like to continue to get better with graphic design. Um, so I just started using Adobe Spark a little more, which I know everyone's okay. been talking about um, lately. Um, and I really love it. So I would just really like to uh, just get a little bit better at that because I know being able to add that to a resume is is huge for a lot of, you know, smaller departments. Uh, work-life balance, what did you do to have fun? Oh, man. So I'm a big sports fan, surprise, surprise, outside <laughs> of my job. Um, I like to joke that if I'm not working at sports, I'm watching sports mm-hmm. um, for leisure. So I'm a Cardinals fan. Um, I'm super excited for playoff baseball, whether we're in it or not, but I hope we're in it. We're right there. Yeah. Um, I'm a big UConn Huskies fan. I have been since I was five years old. Okay. You got to um, explain that. I, je- I don't know. I just, I've, you know, I was a basketball player growing up and I was okay. really into it. And I think I was watching the final four one year and I saw Sue Bird like do this really cool layup and I was you know, a little girl at that time, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. She she is the coolest person ever. So ever since then, I've just liked I've just liked UConn for whatever yeah. it is. All right. Well, sounds good. Yeah. Um, next time someone is in the Fulton, Missouri area, what's your restaurant or bar recommendation? So Beck's is easily the best one. Um, they have the best spinach artichoke dip on the planet Earth. And I've never had any other spin dip that was better than Beck's. So I always tell people to go there. And so far, everyone's agreed with me. Yeah, so. You're not wrong. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, maybe want to follow up with you after this, uh, what would be the best way to do it? Um, so I'm big on Twitter. Um, Twitter handers, handle is underscore Kirsten, K-I-R-S-T-E-N, and L, because that's my middle initial. Um they can connect with me. Uh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram too. Um, or my email is just my first and last name at westminster-mo.edu, and I'm open to all that. So. All right. Awesome. Well, Kirsten, uh, did, did you think of a horror story before I conclude this? I really, I, it's I really okay if you don't didn't. think I have. I mean, like I said, I've had games where stuff goes wrong, but 
at the end of the day, I just, right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, listen, it, it's completely fine because some people even say, like, I don't have one. Um, yeah, one guy even made me feel bad for asking it. So it, it's completely fine <laughs> if you don't have one. So, uh, Kirsten. Well, it's funny. I think everyone does. So. Uh, yeah, Kirsten, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much for helping us kick off your three uh, FSID cast. Again, thanks you very, very much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, guys, there you have it. Kirsten, thank you very much for coming on. We really do appreciate it. And to everybody, if you haven't already, go over and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Leave us a rating or review as well wherever you get your podcasts. I think we're just about everywhere. And then um, follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Sign up for a newsletter, sidcast.fireside, F-I-R-E, S-I-D-E dot F-M slash newsletter. And then, uh, yeah, stay tuned. For next week, we will have Kevin Young of the Samford Bulldogs. I'm not saying Stanford. I figured out, Kevin, if you're this far deep into the into this episode. I'm not saying Stanford as I'm going back and I'm listening. I'm definitely saying Stanford. I think it's just sometimes I slur my words, and I think that's more or less what it is, is Skype also kind of screwing me over there. But anyway, buddy, um, episode 98 will be next week, and then after that, 99, and then boom, guys, we hit episode number 100 um, on November the 8th. And we are so ever excited, looking forward to that. We're just kind of like a full speed train, just plowing through these episodes, cranking them out. We actually have, uh, like, uh, all the way up through episode 100 recorded already. That was prior to this episode airing. So we're in a good position right now. We're planned out so far in advance that uh, November is already booked. We're looking forward to bringing some new people on for December, uh, looking at that calendar, seeing what's feasible with basketball and uh, Christmas, because I, I, we're already skipping the uh, Thanksgiving. Um, I usually I go weekly, but if it's a holiday like that, no, I'm not putting anything out. Um, Twitter poll last November helped me decide that. So if you're thinking, oh, I want another one on Thanksgiving, well, tough luck. You'll have one next week. And then um, that one's actually, I'm really looking forward to that one, guys. Another 23-year-old like myself has started a company from the ground up all by himself just by interviewing people. If you know who I'm talking about, um, give him some encouragement. He's not an SID, but uh, we do... We do have a lot of similarities in the way that we've done things. And, and the way I want that these next few episodes to go is more or less of a discussion as opposed to a, a one-on-one interview, even though that still kind of keeping elements of that and everything. So episode 100 is going to be pretty great with that. Um, looking forward to episode 101 and 102 as we charge forward. So anyway, Kevin Young next week, guys. I want to thank you all for listening, and we hope to catch you all in the next episode.